Hey, it's Brandon here and I have some big news. Seven Figure Millennials is now beyond curious. I am so excited for this new brand and I would highly encourage you to go check out episode number 140 for all of the juicy details. But as a teaser for episode 140, the central question for Seven Figure Millennials, the original show from the beginning was, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? I spent over 1,000 hours researching this question and published 139 episodes. And after all of that, I have an answer. And I put together that answer in a legit masterclass that weaves together clips from previous guests all to answer that question. So if you wanna hear my answer, the why behind Beyond Curious and the vision moving forward, go check out episode number 140. But you are here listening to this episode, which I know is amazing, but I would just highly recommend you also check out episode number 140 for the full explanation behind the rebrand. All right, here's your episode. Greetings, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together you and I are doing things differently. We are choosing, we are committing to prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships while building a business that creates a meaningful impact in the lives of the people that we love and generating the wealth for us to design a beautiful life on our terms. Keyword, our terms. So if you are a very first-time listener and this is the first time you're listening to my voice or you are a seasoned listener, I just wanted to take the time to tell you how much I appreciate you for being here, how much I love you. And every week what I do is I bring on an epic human that is making a beautiful impact in the world to support you in doing exactly the same and every week I'm working to curate what I call real humans and it's an acronym I invented and it stands for respectful, enthusiastic, appreciative, and loving. I found that all the best relationships I've had in my life are people that have that characteristic and so I'm super excited to share the people that I'm interviewing with you and I'm investing a ton of time, energy, and effort to pull out all of their best stuff so that even if you've heard an interview from them somewhere else that this is a spot where you are going to hear the stuff that you've never heard. So today is a absolute treat, somebody that I've talked about in the past before, and I got a chance to meet him for the first time as I interviewed him, and today's legendary leader of impact is Robert Tennyson Stevens. I want you to look out for three specific things in today's episode. Number one, what the Hopi Indians, a tribe whose language has no words or way to explain the concepts of space or time, what they have, what the language has to do with the way that you see the world, Number two, how you can change your language and therefore change your reality. So just going super high level here, language, English, the, the, the sounds that you're hearing me make right now, this is the medium of our thoughts, right? Our thoughts are what creates our reality, our perceptions, the way we choose to say and name and label our experiences as they happen. And improving your language will therefore change your thoughts, which changes your reality, which is the whole concept of today's episode and is a mind-blowing, very foundational, incredible concept. And number three, you're gonna also learn how you can leverage your language to reframe and overcome imposter syndrome and stop depending on others or external circumstances to be fulfilled. So as I mentioned, today's guest is Robert Tennyson Stevens and Robert discovered what he now calls conscious language in 1968 
while doing an independent study on the Hopi Indians language. He is the founder of Mastery Systems International and Mastery Systems Online University. Robert's current focus is shifting disease management into true healthcare and helping to put the individual in the driver's seat of their successful life, as well as helping all practitioners with ways to shift their clients' and patients' awareness away from fighting some disease into restoring grace and ease with exacting specificity. The tools in his latest book, My Word Made Flesh, create support for all involved in true health and wealth care while not requiring the need to change one's current modality. So, a few things I want to explain before we dive in. Number one, I would invite you to listen to this episode with an open heart and an open mind. Another person that studied language a lot that I've had on the show is Blair Dunkley. He's a psychological profiler, a language profiler, I should say, and he can listen to you say a few words and he can determine how you think based on your language. So a while back when I met Blair, I was profiled by him and he told me I communicated with way more head than my heart and that if I wanted to get to my next level, then I need to learn how to communicate more from my heart. And I know head language, at least for me, is about logic, it's about strategy, it's about learning and knowledge. It's a completely different world of language than feeling and emotion, which is obviously heart-based. So if you've never explored how to communicate with more heart, this may be uh, more of a challenging episode for you, but thinking about this and working to improve and communicating from my heart has greatly impacted my life, and because I love and care about you, I encourage you to listen to this with an open heart and mind. Uh, the second thing I want to tell you is that Robert references scripture in his concepts, but he's very clear that he doesn't share scripture to support a specific religion or encourage you to do so. His content and concepts are for people from all walks of faith, and he uses strict scripture in the context of the laws of quantum physics. And the last thing I want to say is I believe in this concept of conscious language very strongly. It's a pattern I've observed in the guest of the show is that they're incredibly specific in what they are creating. At high levels, they know exactly what they are creating in their lives and how to articulate it. And it makes it easier to have people resonate with your message if you're specific and to accomplish your goals if they're clearly defined. So the basis of all of that is language and being conscious with your language. And I believe in this so much that I dedicated episode 50 on the podcast for this topic. Lots of it thanks to the inspiration from Robert. So I'd highly encourage you to go check out episode number 50 if this sounds interesting and you want to do a little bit more of a deep dive on this topic. But I am so blessed because I was so changed. My, my mind expanded when I read Robert's book, Conscious Language, and I reached out to him a while ago to bring him on the show and was able to coordinate with him and his incredible team to make it possible for you to listen today. So with all that said, please enjoy this incredible consciousness expanding conversation with Robert Tennyson Stevens. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Figure Millennials Podcast. All right, everyone, I am super excited for today's episode. I have Robert Tennyson Stevens with us today. And normally, as you know, as a longtime listener, I usually start by welcoming people directly to the show. But I wanted to start by first telling Bob and you listening the story about how I found out about his work and conscious language. So um, basically, we're in Seattle. It's September 21, 2021. I'm at a business event. And part of the event is hosted on a yacht. And the guy that owns this yacht, his name is Michael Quinn. 
And uh, so he lives on a, he lives a non-traditional life. He lives on this yacht full time with his girlfriend for three years. He's a younger guy, fully retired, pretty much. He travels all the time. He does this crazy thing called wing walking, where basically you like sit on top of a plane while it flies. And he does all this crazy stuff. So we're having all these good conversations and we finished the day. We're on the yacht. It's 1 a.m. We're talking about life. And we got the, the, we're on the boat, the marina, the fire's in front of us. And he says something super casually that I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What did you just say there? So he said something along the lines of, I've completely eliminated the phrases I want, I can't, and I need and other disempowering language for my life. And I'm like, hold on, like that, that is really cool. Never heard anyone explain like eradicating negative language from their life. So obviously I had to dig in as an interviewer and find out what the heck it is. And he's like, okay, it's this book called Conscious Language. I picked it up, I devoured it. And uh, if you are a long-time listener, you listen to episode 50, when I was kind of synthesizing the high level wisdom and knowledge from the incredible guests I've had on the show, lots of that was that I talked about was this concept of language and how language shapes our reality. And lots of that inspiration came from, came from Bob today. So of course I reached out to Bob and his team because I wanted to share him with you today. And so Bob, I'm super excited to dive into all things conscious language and my word made flesh and impact some lives with this content. So welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I love your stories. They're awesome. Yeah. So I thought we would start where it all began for you, just to set some context for people. So the year is 1968. You got some long hair from what I've heard in the past. You're a business and marketing student, and uh, you have a professor named Bryce Zender that kind of impacts your life and sends you down a trajectory that changed things. So we'd love for you to share that story and kick things off from there. Uh, so I'll go back a little bit further than that, or earlier than that. I Personally, uh, let's say I have a Native American heritage, my dad on my dad's side, Potawatomi. Um, not that I believe that made a whole bunch of difference, but just I make up that it did. How's that? Um, I've always loved Native American. If you can imagine back 67, 68, my first years in college, first two years in college, we were in Vietnam era. And um, most of my friends, all of them really, were fighting against fighting. And now I can tell you, well, that doesn't make sense. But back then, I just didn't like it. I did not like the idea of fighting against fighting. It was still fighting. Anyway, so, so I won't claim that I was ultra conscious at that point. I'll simply just share that my heart was going. And then I found Hopi language, Hopi Indians, basically. Um, I, I took a tour of the of Hopi land and I went out to meet, I, I hoped to meet God out there. And I met a bunch of Indians who I uh, didn't meet God out there in that way. So I came back and um, I mean, again, marketing, as you mentioned, and business. And um, I love Hopi Indians, but I hadn't any clue at all about their language. Whenever I saw any of their words, I'm going, I'm just, it was like a scotoma. I went, oh, I don't have a clue what that means. Anyway, so Zender, I'm in a business marketing, whatever class, 200 kids in a classroom, and I have long hair and I'm getting picked on. I'm a hippie and I'm getting picked on, or at least I look like a hippie at that point. And uh, professors would walk by and go, what do we have here that we're in the marketing department? And uh, it wasn't fun. It was uh, not fun. Bryce Zender walks by. He's got long hair and he goes, come here. And I'm going, oh, what am I in trouble for now? What's going on? What the? Anyway, he goes, uh, you look different than everybody else in here. Yeah. Um, I'd like to give you, if you choose, four independent um, credit hours doing an independent study. And I'll give you an A. Stop up to my office. He was the head of humanities. So I stop up at his office. That's all I know of him. He picked me out of a crowd to come do an independent study because I believe he had sympathy for me. Anyway. <laughs> 
So I go up to his office and he said, all right, what would you like to write about? And I said, Hopi Indians. He goes, all right. And he goes to his desk. He got a big, you know, five foot desk. And he's got one book turned upside down. One book on his desk. He picks it up. Here's a book on the Hopi language. Now, the more I look back on that, I'm going, wow, what, how did that, anyway. So um, I'd rather not write about the Hopi language as my reference and, and comment. And he goes, yeah, you're gonna. And so I said, okay, you're the, you're the boss. So I read this book along with a bunch of other stuff by um, Benjamin Lee Worf, who wrote the book, Language, Thought, and Reality. And Worf was an engineer and wrote the book. I've got samples of it in my own book, Conscious Language, The Logos of Now. And man, he wrote as an engineer. He did not write as a linguist or touchy-feely kind of guy. He wrote how he was an engineer studying how language engineered our reality. Language shapes thought, which shapes reality. So after a, a semester or a year and a half, I finally, my, Xander goes, you better write your thesis because I got to give you your grade. So I, I chunk in and I only give quotes because it, in other words, the book changed me so much. It, things like uh, the Hopi didn't have a word for now because they couldn't get out of now to have to use the word now to get back to now. And I'm going, what are you talking about? I can, I dream in space and time. I think I was past tense over there, space, past time and space, continuum, hello. And we didn't have quantum physics back then. We didn't have quantum mechanics. They just had uh, language, thought, and reality, Benjamin Lee Whorf. That was mine. And so I wrote my, my thesis, which is just quotes out of the book and other things. And Zender gave me the lowest grade he's ever given anyone, a C minus. And that was his like failing grade for me, but the best he could do was a C minus. He promised you an A too. <laughs> right. And, but, and, and my book is my thesis. So it took me a few decades <laughs> to write it. But the reason is I was going, this is, you know, not Hopi language. My, I mean, I really, I started the process or the engagement or the remembering, I like that word better, of I am that I am versus I want to be that I want to be. And so from that progression till now was all about how language does shape our thought, which defines our reality, period. Mm -hmm. There you go. Absolutely love that. Have you, I'm sure you've studied lots of other cultures outside of Hopi, but have you ever heard of the Cook Thayor people? Okay. Yeah. So like, cause like this, this concept fascinates me, but just to solidify everything that you just said there, like language shapes thought, which shapes reality. I just love studying other cultures to just really expand this. And I came across this in a Ted talk, but there's these people called Cook Thayer people and they have no such thing as left or right. They use only cardinal directions to explain like, so if you're, it, it'd be your East arm, like, and if you, if you move, it's like a different, and so they, their entire language is oriented around direction. And so it's just so interesting because the person that was studying them was just talking about how hard it was to just explain the direction of things. And that one day, this, this new window popped up in her brain of like a bird's eye view of the landscape. And like, she was a red dot on the landscape. And when she oriented it, oriented, and uh, she like brought this up to someone else that was in the community and they're like, well, yeah, how else would you do it? So like their entire reality is based around like direction. And I've come across other things about organizing time, like English, we would organize time left to right because that's the way we read, but Hebrew, it would be right to left. Or if you're in Taiwan, it's up and down. So if you gave a set of these different cultures, uh, some pictures, like a baby, a toddler, a, a teenager, and, a, and an adult, the people in English would organize it left to right, and the Taiwanese would, would organize it top down and right left. So anyways, like, I just, I, I think it's so endlessly fascinating to just think, 
because we don't think about our language that much and how much it formulates everything, but it really is the basis of everything. So I love that you started from that foundation. Well, I'm going to add the North, South, East, and West, et cetera. I have a thing, as you know, from uh, sacred body language translation. And so what I discovered, uh, I discovered on the internet before I found out uh, uh, the Native American approach, uh, our directions are some of the most powerful energies on the planet. North wisdom, east illumination, communication, south heart, west looks within, and then northeast, northwest, you can begin to see the ratio. So, I mean, for me, when I'm the body language piece, mastery, I call it energies in body language, what we say we get, and then body language is a complete instructional path, not, not the mundane of, you know, you know, I'm closed and whatever, the, all the stuff I learned in business, like steepling, I'm done, don't talk to me anymore, all like, uh, whatever. The body language is spirit, whatever name somebody gives that thing, the perfection of life, our creator, whatever that is, I call it God. Our creator is speaking through every one of us. Like right about now, everyone already knows everything there is to know about me on some level, just like I know everything there is to know about you. I mean, we're, our face, our structure, our position, our body posture, our breathing, all of that is saying what's stored in us, not as right or wrong. That's so for me, let's take the right and wrong off the table besides the progression of space and time. And then realize that, oh, we're here as an eternal being of light. That's my focus, my belief. And we went through this metaphor. It's been said scripturally, not religion, of eating from the fruit of the tree, metaphor, of the knowledge or thinking of good and evil, the moment we entered that domain or holodeck, so to speak, uh, test, we, all of us, fell from union, also called grace, and became embarrassed, embarrassed, mm -hmm. and have been trying to fig leaf, figure out what to do to hide our embarrassment or trying to be right instead of wrong. So the whole construct of language as right, wrong, good, bad, hot, cold is a failure. I, I mean, how can I be more right and have love? It ain't going to happen. So in the progression of where I am now, my word made flesh, this particular book is how do we transcend this structure of, let's say, disease? Well, the word disease is a man-made word. It means unease. So no matter what the modality, we must have greater ease in our life. So in other words, oh, you mean to say that I'm not going to get rid of disease? No, you restore ease. And then you, as you just, the body language that you just did was you just moved, and I'm not going to translate that right now, but your body, your, your being is speaking to me to, tech, to talk to you. Mm -hmm. So again, once we see this, every human being is in the middle of a remembering to, re to serve love, restore love versus right and wrong. Mm -hmm. There's a quote that comes up all the time on the show. It's the, the, the one I, ever, I almost quoted every single episode because I've just seen it as a recurring pattern. And I know you and I are aligned on this, but it's a quote by Carl Jung. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. And uh, it's so cool because once you understand the concepts that you're talking about, that language is a, a manifestation of your unconscious thoughts. Like if you're not conscious about it and it's coming out, like once you go from 
language being completely unconscious to at least being conscious, then you can work on it and construct things differently. So you alluded to so many different things, which uh, obviously we only have an hour, we're not gonna be able to cover all of it. But you know, I think what you said about like the sacred body, body language translations, like the it, like it's the body, obviously, and like the way that you're communicating, once you become aware that those are signals from unconscious thought pro patterns, uh, just opens up a whole new world of possibilities. So um, I would I would love to figure, uh, we'll, we'll see how much we can get to, but I would love to share with our, our friend Liz listening right now, some of the ways that we can begin to, once we are, now that they're kind of like, it's tickling their brain, right? Like, okay, like what are some of the ways that I can adjust this? And I, t I told my story about before about my friend that eliminated the, I want, I can't, I need uh, from their language. I think this would be an incredible gift to give people some of the basics of conscious language. And you already sure. talked about, you already talked about like, right or wrong, good or bad, like it's, it's, we're, we're looking at, as you would say, getting our highest choices. So we'd love for you to maybe share, maybe start with the, the domain of limitation and no choice about what we talked about there, about how we can upgrade that into higher language. Well, I'm, I'm going to do it this way that once for me, I'm uh, highly creative. Many people are, I am. Um, and I see things in pictures. So somebody goes, well, this is going to blow your mind. I'm going cancel clear. Meaning I don't like the vision I see of a blown mind or this will kill you. Or if somebody goes, I don't understand, that means I don't stand under or um, I want the word want means to desire without ever having. What? Scripture, not religion. It says and I, I call scripture quantum, the best quantum physics book there is step by step, word for word, word for it. It's all quantum physics, quantum mechanics, not to, to belittle it, just to say the science of this and the spiritual understanding that I'm going to say the true laws inside of scripture are identical. So scripture says the Lord, which means the law, which means I am that I am same translation, three different versions. The law or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so when I first started writing my book, I went to 28 uh, new thought leaders, ministers, or whatever, and not one of them had it figured out. And I was like, ah, this is not good news. I would like to help somebody else bring this to the planet. And then I figured out, oh, this is my job. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so for me, I, what I'm sharing with you is the first thing I do is I, I did automatically. I didn't like learn it. Uh, I let myself see the phrase I'm saying out loud or on the inner, and I build a picture with it. And if the picture does not serve me, I better change my words. Mm -hmm. So your friend on the on the uh, yacht, when he went, he, he changed, I want, he had to replace I want into I have, I choose, I claim, I can't into I can, or my creator in me can, or whatever the words are. So again, what I'm in the middle of is helping people be honest, true, and conscious and creative. So somebody say, I can't afford it. That's not true. The I am that I am can afford anything. It may be I have a certain amount of money and I choose to invest my money this way, or I choose to have plenty to do it. So that's that. So I'm, I'm going to add one domain limitation, no choices, supply, money, wealth, opulence, abundance, all that stuff are states of consciousness. So if I believe in my life, my creator, whatever name I give it, I'm going to use God. If I believe in God and I don't have enough, I don't believe in God in that topic. Now, what? What are you talking about? I said, well, hold on. So right now I usually do this in a classroom live and I'll, I'll talk about none of us in the room right now and where we are watching this. We're worried about enough oxygen until I just mentioned that. Mm -hmm. 
And once I mention that, people in the room start going. Start breathing in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> hey, hey, hold hold your breath. I got to get more. In other words, the minute we talk about is there enough air in the room, the energetics of the room can change about, hung oh, on, oh, okay. So again, so once somebody wakes up to this thing called conscious language, the first step they try to do, domain limitation, is say it right. No, no, no. So here's the, this is the, I'm going to write a, uh, I don't like the word, but hack. I'm going to show a hack on how to wake up conscious language. You cannot learn conscious language. You can only remember conscious language. It's already operational in our heart. So if we go back to eating from the fruit of the tree, this is a metaphor of the knowledge or thinking about right and wrong is the fall from grace. So there's two different speech neurological pathways, one through the brain, one through the heart. Our tongue is the second thing to develop embryologically right out of our heart muscle. So we, if we just stop worrying about saying it right and we let our heart speak without editing, we are way down the road of mm. creating our wonderful life and doing what we love to do, our highest choice. Mm. So I would love to unpack a whole bunch of that. I think it's helped me to at least think about the, the what you call the domain of mastery and then like kind of reverse engineering from there and explaining from, from the highest level instead of like all the all the things that would be lower level choices and trying to figure out how to not say those, just think about like, yeah. but I think what, what, what you said before is an example of just picturing what you're saying, because I think that this is a, a pattern that I've observed through the incredible humans I've had the opportunity of interviewing is at a high level, specificity is one of the keys of mastery, right? Like, and it, it, it's in, even if you study copy, copywriting, you know, like creating language or messaging or understanding and naming, naming and labeling concepts, right? Like, like those are all really key components of being clear so that you can identify the opportunities and things that you need to pursue or the people in your life. Um, and if you're not specific and clear in your language, or if you're, you're saying things really fuzzily, um, you know, you, how could you expect to attract or, or bring those things into your life with the velocity that somebody that has put more intentionality behind it? So there's so much there. Let's, if you don't mind, let's give a a few other examples because we went over the limitation and no choice. And I think that a huge thing for people, at least, at least from there, you could take away. It's like, if you're saying I want, what, what, what an incredible insight to have that you're actually creating distance between you and the thing that you're saying that you are wanting. So like that, that is a small adjustment, a huge win for people right there. But let's talk about uh, another, another common domain or the next one above that domain of non-choice. So when somebody says, you know, I want, I want to lose weight, you know, like, like t talk a little bit about some of those other things. Cause like, if you say, I want to lose weight, some people might say, okay, that's a positive thing. I'm trying to get better, but why is that not as uh, accurate or as specific as we could be? So we were taught, um, where did you grow up? Wisconsin. So you had snow. I grew up in Michigan. So okay. did, was your mom or dad happy about you losing your gloves or mittens? not happy i would assume no, I don't no. Have a specific memory yeah so we've been usually taught not to lose mm. so so again even the, when you when you go mm, that's i have a i have this thing when somebody goes mm, that's their me so i that's why i have one of these i go mm. in a class mm. i'm sure this <laughs> I just did it <laughs> and i know it's wild when mm, that's our me self that's our inner core the one where i'm with when i have a whole class i use it was that <laughs> when, I, when the truth happens, the first time I ever did it, it was in a uh, class with Greg Braden and Dr. Bruce Lipton. And all three of us are on, you know, in this event. And I'm sharing with everybody. And I spoke a truth. I'm and the, like, 
80% of the people go, mm, and I'm like, whoa, where's the beef? Did we eat too much beef or <laughs> mm, there's something happening here? So the distinction I'm sharing about this, um, the domain action is we have a me self and then we have a thought self and our me self is the one that makes all the difference. So what I've learned, uh, I, I learned this early on. There's a degree book called I Am Adorations and Affirmations. I happened to read it when I was 20-ish years old. I'm 73 years young now. Um, there was a couple things in that book that made a huge difference for me. I didn't read the forward for the first three decades. I happened to read the forward of three plus decades in. And I went, I mean, at first it's like, you idiot. And I was like, ah, just be glad you read it now. It says, when you read these decrees, read these decrees slowly and feel the me self, the meaning in each word as you come to it. And when you can, when I can feel the meaning in each word deeply enough, I will have instantaneous manifestation. So I'm giving you a faster blueprint than just the translation of the different domains. So now, as I do this, um, if you can imagine, I sat when I read that and embodied it, let myself do it, I realized, oh, if I decrease something, say something, and it doesn't instantly happen, all, it's like E equals MC squared, I simply did not, I did not give my me self, I didn't feel my meaning in each word deeply enough. I go back and feel my meaning deeply enough. So that like I choose to not be sad is the un. So I choose to be happy. I choose to not like how many have ever said, I usually ask our team and I'll ask our team through Zoom. How many of you have ever said, I'll never do that again? Mm, absolutely. All the time. And again, and again. And again, like, don't think about pink elephants floating from the left to the right with purple tails, spinning yellow, whatever. <laughs> so uh, the life is a life of what is. The illusion is what isn't. Anything of lack, limitation, struggle, disease, all that is an illusion, eluding. So again, to go back to the idea that if I choose to lose weight, no, I become a certain pant or dress size. I focus on what I do choose, not what I don't choose. What scripture, not religion. It says what you put your attention upon that ye become. It says decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. By your words, you shall be justified and by your words, you shall be condemned. This is quantum physics. A man or woman who offendeth not in word, the same as a perfect person and able to bridle the whole body. This is so appropriate for what I call Rona, if you know what I'm talking about. Rona. Oh, you know, yeah, right. And then rice, Arona. All right. So now, so the whole idea is a man or woman who offendeth not in word, or oh, what I can, I am, I will, I choose, I have, I love, I create, I enjoy. So if we can all just get into what do I choose? Not making I want wrong, or I don't know why I want to lose weight. No, get that up there and go, all right, I'm going to reshape this into all my energy can go into what I choose. And what I say is always leave on the screen of consciousness what you choose to have resonate forever. Hmm. So let's dive into how we can make those pictures clear. So just, just so everybody has context, contextual understanding, like we covered two of the, the domains of, of language that we were just talking about. There's 11 of them in the book. So obviously we're not going to have time to go through. So I would highly recommend everybody go pick up a copy of Conscious Language so you can see all of these and be aware of them and 
but but with with that uh, understanding, let's dive into one of the things that you talked about several times is specificity. Like, do, what do you want to choose, or what what do you choose, and you how Good do you job. make that as thank you? Uh, how do you how do you make that as concrete as possible? So I think you you know you talk about in your content specificity factor. So what are some of the ways that kind of building on that picture thing? So if you say something and it's kind of a fuzzy picture, and you understand that, what are some of the ways that we can start to create? more specific language? Well, I'm going to say, first thing we do is we move out of kind of more, better, try, which is common to what you were just sharing. So if you were in a class right now, buzzing along at that high, you have great energy, you're bringing forth genius. And I go, what happens when Brandon remembers the language, really remembers the language of his heart and doesn't speak what I call automatic unconscious. If you want to improve more, kind of, whatever. If we eliminate those, don't make them wrong. And just go, ooh, every word is a thing coming into manifestation. So speak only what we choose. So then the, what I say is add to your my statement, anyone, who, what, when, where, why, and what way, shape, or form, seeing what, smelling what, hearing what, what motion, direction, tactility, pressure. There's 16 senses, not just a few. And so... I might say, I choose to have X in my life, uh, and I, I see this, I smell this, I hear this, I feel this, and usually one sense, then two, then three, usually four or five senses in, literally it happens in me. I go, ah, oh. in other words, my feeling world feels the manifestation of what I'm speaking, and the universe brings it about. There's a book called Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. Um, and, you know, he talks about this whole concept of building a vivid vision for, for you and your company. And like, that's just like the key to all this, you know, and, and setting goals and anything you want to create. It's like, how could you possibly go about creating something if you're not crystal clear on exactly what it looks like? So love that. Like what, what, how, how many, how much, how often, with whom, when, where, all those things would encourage people to add that on top of your language. So um, before we move on to... Uh, we'll see how much we can cover. I would love to maybe talk about high agreements and the big equals if we can get there, but I don't, I, I want to, now that people have understood some of the ways that we can choose higher. And I alluded to earlier, the domain of mastery. So like, instead of thinking about all these other ways that you could do it, how could you just create from the highest level? And I will say, Bob, after reading conscious language, I, I do this thing, uh, focusing on being intentional about creating my own identity. And so I recorded a, uh, message of me saying, I am, I can, I will, I choose, I love, I create, and I enjoy. And I listen to that every single day as a result of conscious language. So like that's been helping me a lot. So I know I just went over them really quickly, but can you just help people to understand the language of mastery and creativity and, and outcomes so that we can start creating more intentional language? When I first put this together many, many moons ago, I always wrote, I am, I can, I will, I choose, I have, I love, I can, I enjoy. And every time I said it, speaking from my heart, I said, I can, I am. Instead of I am, I can, I said, I can, I am. And after about five or six events, I'm going, you know, I got it written one way and I'm saying it another way. My being wouldn't let me speak it in another way. I realized I can is permission. So we must give ourselves permission as per our mission in life. Mm. And then, and then notice that. Mm. I know I, I've got a, now I'm super conscious of my. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and it's good. I encourage it. I say, yes, yes. Sorry. Right. So then I am is I identity. So once I can, then I am, I occupy my, I am, I can, I am. And then I will, I use my will, but it's not, I will do it. I willingly do it, or I will it. So I can, I am a will. And once I have my, I can permission, I am my self identity. 
my will hooked up, then I create. I, I, and the way I create, I can I have a will, I choose. What do I choose now that I am here? Can I have a will, I choose, I have. Once I choose, I have. Once I choose, I have. It's really important, you know, because how many have been choosing and haven't given themselves permission to have? I can, I am, I will, I choose, I have. Ooh, once I have, I love what I have. I, can, I am, I will, I choose, I have, I love. Oh, I create. Then I realize I create. I am awakening my co-creative nature. I can, I am, I will, I choose, I have, I love, I create, and I enjoy. I enjoy eighth chakra, if you do, I call it chakra Khan. Anyway, is the eighth chakra, so to speak, in certain systems is the highest state. The only way we can glorify our creator, whatever name somebody gives it, is to enjoy creation. So the highest state of being is to be in the state of joy of what's going on. And that's what nature provides us. That's okay. So just in case anybody happened, like if you're washing dishes or if you're on a, a bike or running treadmill or whatever, so language of mastery, I can, I am, I will, I choose, I have, I love, I create, I enjoy, right? So like, um, and I, maybe this is a great time to do this particular example, Bob, but in previous content, I've seen you, you talk about like you, you help people walk through just how it feels for them to say, I want love or I have love versus I am love. So would you, would you maybe just so people can get a, a, an actual example of how this all works? So my suggestion is to really embody I can is I, I have people write 15 statements of I can and then make sure they're the ones you choose. So it could be I can stop beating my dog. Well, that would not be a conscious language, okay? So I can make sure they're always a picture you love. Um, so again, if I make, I, if somebody, the one thing I do is I, I have this, um, we have a, a game called Voice Your Choice. And in it, one of the tests is to go, I can, I am. The person speaks. And sometimes like they would go, I can, which would be a broken can. It's not full tone in body, their, their voice crack. So I say, great. Love it, right where it is. I love it. Touch or breathe. This day, I feel this is the um, my word made flesh material. In, in it's, I highly recommend it. It's the coolest thing I've ever done by far. So the person could go, I can have love. I can see this. I can do that. I can. They do fifteen I cans until they come into their body. Same with I am. If they go, I I am, and it's not full. They go, I fifteen I ams. Can I am I willingly? And again, it's not I will do it. I will myself this. I willingly do this. And in other words, we find our divine will in us. So that's one way it, to build this out is to feel the meaning in each word deeply enough. See what emotionally just it's kind of like the way I'm for some reason the picture that popped into my head. It's like you're tuning a guitar, right? Like you're just you're just tweaking it to like make sure that it that it, that it fits well with what what you're resonating with, and Beautiful. obviously choosing choosing that. And I would just another simple way that I that I think is so profound is just like just right now, like if you, if you want something to do, just think about. It. You can pause this. If you want to say it out loud. I encourage you to say it out loud. But like say I want or say I want love. I have love. I am love. And just think about like the difference between wanting love and being love, I think is just profound. It's just in its simplicity. And just think about how, how much better it feels to, to, to manifest and create from that place of being love instead of wanting love and creating that distance. So awesome. So we've, we've covered so much ground already. We've talked about some of the ways that we can upgrade 
to higher choices. And again, highly recommend go check out conscious language. If you want to get the full rundown of all the domains and, and you want to apply them. And also Bob mentioned my word made flesh. I have uh, the version two coming to me today. Uh, I have, I, I have the, the very, I, I bought it as almost as soon as it came out, my word made flesh. But uh, if you want some, some more ways that you can apply some of this stuff would highly recommend anybody go check that out. That'll be linked in the show notes and that kind of stuff. But uh, Let's let's expand a little bit on on this world, and we'll we'll add on to the language. I had this this massive. Well, I think you were kind of talking about it. High agreements is is basically where I'm trying to transition us to. <laughs> and I listened to your audio program on high agreements, and you start talking about codependence. And the reason why I think this is a really important topic is because so much of what I've come to understand and what 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 I share and I I share on the show here is that. Fulfillment is the process. Fulfillment is now. There's no amount of external validation or thing that is going to create this this sense of fulfillment. And we live in a world that is showing us that we have a gap, that there is more. So, and I've never heard codependence talked about in this way. So, just to kind of open up the topic of high agreements, would love for you to share some of your insights that you gained about codependence and how it manifests in our lives. Um, when my wife was on the planet, we got married in '86, December 31, and we realized um, that codependence was a factor. So, and for me, I'm not, long before I was married, I've been doing this since 60s, so whatever. Um, so for me, I like a fear is faith returning. That's the fact. And so I'm going codependence. What does codependence turn into? And for a year and a half, we were on, Helena and I were on independence and it never worked. And then one day I, I was in a closet and I went, wait, co, not independent, co-empowerment. And the minute I said codependence and co others are involved, co-empowerment, ah, it happened. So, so we began to share, once, I mean, once we got the upgrade, so to speak, the, our energy moved. It was a fascinating experience. And so I learned early on, I mean, I, the story can, somebody can listen to the material and get where I got it from. But there is a thing that a codependence is where uh, our happiness is dependent upon another person, place, condition, or thing. And even if we get approval from outside, it doesn't work because it's got to come from within. Where did codependence start? Eating from the fruit of the tree, metaphor of the knowledge or thinking of right and wrong and looking outside to get approval. Nope, can't happen. So we come to earth fascinating as an eternal being of light. And this is a, a, a I'm going to say a divine design. And we come to earth in an operating system of Babel, which means confusion. We had better confuse their language for there is not anything they cannot do. Mm, who's the we? We all did it to ourselves. And so what happens is we come to earth with a confused language. And our job is, are we going to create good and evil, right and wrong, or we're we going to create with love? So look at earth, E-A-R-T-H-E-A-R-T. -E earth is actually heart. So, I mean, if everybody can go, look, whatever it is, I create with love. I don't create more right, less wrong, or you're right and I'm wrong, or I'm right and you're wrong. No, only love has full creative juice. So, again, uh, uh, what I found is um, there's a uh, codependence is I'm okay if you're okay, that kind of stuff. There's a thing, once somebody moves into co-empowerment, they find, oh, I have a, I'm going to say a high agreement could be called a God agreement, whatever the words are for somebody. I mean that there's, a, we all like, I'm always honored and respected. I always have more than enough. There's certain high agreements that once we remember them, it's going to be tricky to let them go because they're what we, our true nature is what we're vibrating to. 
So our planet right now, if we take a look at what's going on with the ricerona stuff all over the planet, we look at the you, I'm right, you're wrong stuff, or we look at all that stuff, this is the death of duality going on. This is the, if we've ever seen an animal dying or a, a tribe dying, there's a lashing out, there's all kinds, of, that's what's going on. The illusion is over. And you, my friend, and everybody here, we're the ones that are remembering I am that I am. Where we're not sorting by, I need my government to approve of me. I need my government to give me money. I need my uh, my girlfriend or my boyfriend to give me whatever. No, we're realizing I am already what I desire to be. And that statement alone is the re-embodiment of high agreements. How empowering is that? You know, just think about how that feels for you. It's just that you don't have to depend on anything that, that, that you have everything that you need to succeed. And this is another pattern that I've observed. And I love that you use the word remember. I love, it's always a good reminder of remembering what remember really means. But at the highest level, I've observed that the next level of success, whatever you want to say in your life, it's not adding more, it's understanding more of who you already are is the quote by Michelangelo. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free. I think I got that right. But it's, it's, it's something on those lines. It's like you already are there. It's remembering and stepping into more wait, of that. Wait, 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 wait. And I'm going to share with you, this is where I can really help. Your statement, a powerful being on our planet, watch this. You are already there. No, you are already here. Mm. This is back to Hopi. There is no there. And there's no time. You, In other words, I am that I am is right here, right now, not there, a place to get to. So that shift right there, imagine now as you begin to speak to people from the place of all them, you, me, already being what we desire, your very words vibrate and help a person remember, which means rewind, reconnect, which you talked about a bit. Got it. You get that each one of us is remembering who we already am. I keep speaking about patterns, but I've been, I've been thinking about at a high level. I've been, I've been re-listening to actually at the time of this, I've been re-listening to all my episodes, which I've done almost at a hundred episodes. And so, but, but my, my intention of re-listening to all these episodes is to see the patterns in, in all these things. And, and so um, one of the concepts and another pattern that has emerged, and I I probably, when I do episode a hundred, I'm going to, I'm going to create my synthesis of this and continue to expand on it. But it's this concept of worthiness that like, you can't using the word can't, it is very it is very difficult to create a, a new future when you feel not internally worthy about who you are on the inside. It's it's come up as as a theme, and I, I think that conscious language is one of the strongest applications of strengthening that worthiness. It's like it's stepping deeper into that. So for 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 somebody that may feel a lack or may feel like they're not worthy, what are some ways that you would encourage right, them as like the next step? I got it. So first of all, I'm going to use the word. Um, deserve and worth worthiness deserve. So many people go, well, I don't, you know, the uh, one thing I'll share conceptually, the little self is terrified of our great self. So our great self, we have to have compassion for all of our little boo-boos. We have to have compassion. And that's the only way. So everyone forgive everything about yourself, period. Give yourself 500 billion, get out of jail, free cards on all your mistakes. Just do that. So I love myself, even if I make a mistake, I forgive myself at a time. I mean, do whatever you got to do. So the next thing is, do I deserve love? Well, let's take the word. The word D means of and serve. 
So if I deserve love, I am of service to love. If I deserve wealth, I am of service to wealth. I serve wealth. I ignite wealth everywhere I go. I don't get it. I am it. So that's the shift right there. Just somebody can stay in it. Oh, if whatever we feel we're not worthy of or deserve, how about I go give what I choose to receive? And that means it's been said, I believe it's true. We keep 60% of what we send out. And the law of the tithe is we get back whatever we send out, we get back minimum tenfold. The universe is more blessed to give than receive. I thought that was some trick of the church way back. No. What it means is when I give, I receive tenfold. I keep 60% of it and I get back tenfold. Now, if that person is helping someone else that I'm giving seemingly to, I get back a hundredfold. This is why I believe we have not been what I call voting victory. Because if I vote your victory, Brandon, I'm going to keep 60% of the blessing seemingly that I'm delivering. It will return to me instantly, by the way, tenfold. And most of us are managing our ego, or ego right now and looking good and being okay and not crying and whatever else. And so if I vote someone's victory is what I call it, instantly I get a tenfold return. Same with the negative. If I'm judging, hating, condemning, criticizing, shaming, blaming, and guilting someone, I keep 60% of what I send out and re that negative tithe comes back to me. So what I share with everyone is vote victory. First vote your own. I am my own permanent victory in the light. And then Brandon, I am your permanent victory in the light. I am everyone who ever watches this podcast. I am your permanent victory in the light. Be that. Give it everywhere you go and miracles begin to unfold. We all become magnetic because love is the only thing that makes us magnetic. I'm going to just zoom out for a second then we'll zoom back in but like because well, this is so so powerful but just remember where we started today it's like language is the medium of our thoughts which creates our reality right and so now we're now we're talking about like the intricate details of how to tweak that language and have it serve you at a higher level so i'm glad that we we went deeper into that that concept of worthiness and another concept that's related to worthiness that i think is another thing that specifically for for my audience and the people that i spend a lot of time with is this concept of imposter syndrome and you know it's like it's like feeling like you don't belong i don't know if you tie those together in what we've already talking or if you view those separately but for someone who you know, maybe is already incredibly successful, but they don't, they, 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 they don't feel it on the inside or they feel like they, they're not belonging in that group or whatever it may be, or they're not, they can't create what they want to create. Any other upgrades that you would encourage them to think about to overcome imposter syndrome? Um, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I, what I share with everybody is I don't give your permission to trust me and I won't trust you. And what I mean by that is the scripture says that God does no respect of persons or personalities. Why? Because this that we're living here is not who we are. It's where we are. It's not who we are. It's where we are. So if I have a little human, you know, if somebody's going to trust me, they're going to have to call forth my trustworthy self, my creator self. Same with you. So the, everyone here is an imposter. This whole illusion, this whole world is an imposter. It's an illusion. And we're here, it's a proving ground like the holodeck on Star Trek or whatever. This is where we're, we're here in the Matrix. The, Ma the movie, The Matrix, I have called the illusion The Matrix since 1980, 81, somewhere in there. When I saw the movie the first time, I mean, I literally was like, you're kidding me. And then when <laughs> Neo jumps inside of the agent and stretches, 
I'm going, this was written by heaven on earth right here. And so if everybody can go look, everyone's walking around either with an operating system of good and bad, which means we're going to be an imposter on some level, or we walk around with the language of our heart. And we remember, which means re-one, reconnect, re-embody. So what I'm inviting everyone, if you felt you're an imposter, an aspect of you, me, is. And yet our I am that I am, my heart, my love is real. Not my, not my love to get something, what I love. So you mentioned this before we started today about nature and how immaculate nature is. Nature is not an imposter. Nature is the instrument of, you know, the, the way our country was created in the United States, our God and God of nature is fascinating. It's like deists that put this together. Um, I, I think it's fascinating that I find God in nature big time. Hello. I mean, you know, like I've got, I got so much, I live out in the mountains of Western North Carolina way out. I mean, I'm just letting you know, and I got nature all over the place and my mother nature will talk to me all day long. If I just turn, that's right. Everywhere. And so what I'm sharing with everyone is the only love is the truth. Everything else is an imposter. How's that? That's great. You, you said a million get out of jail free cards, but I wanted to highlight and zoom in on something that you just said there, but it's like for, for if you have that feeling to accept it first, so that you're not fighting against it. Would you mind expanding on that a little bit? Sure. So if somebody, right, if somebody, so, yeah, go ahead. All right. So now again, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, um, a facilitator. That means to make easy. Uh, coach, yes, but more facile. The word facile, again, to make easy. easy. It means Webster would say it's the continued successive application of the necessary stimulus to attain a result. Well, that stimulus for me is love. That's really the only thing that's going to work. So when someone is moving upscale, they're going to go through a metamorphosis, the cancer, the wants and needs, the lack, the struggle, the rage, the hate, the blame. It's going to come up. And instead of going, oh, oh no, it's coming up, go, yo, fear. I love you. I touch and I stay. And when we touch something, we don't agree with it. We just touch it with love. Our love wins. My love wins. So if everyone can, and again, it's a very deep, deep, deep metamorphosis. I mean, it's truly a metamorphosis that we're all in right now. And we're given to me every tool we require to literally not become who we are, to remember who we are. So one thing I find out, anything my beloved, when she was on the planet, would say anything less than our highest choice contains within itself sabotage. And again, if I really sat and went, oh, I'm going to pick something. It's not my highest choice, but I'm going to pick it. Why? Because I have to talk myself out of my full potential to pick something less than my highest choice. I have to struggle and defeat my I am so that I can have an I am not or I settle or whatever. So if everyone can just relax going, look, my highest choice is already right here right now. And, I, and again, there's a st statement. I use this big time in my word made flesh. I work, I read eyes, a thing called bio-opticalography. And so people could come in heavily burdened. No, they're not. They're heavily blessed. They just haven't accepted the blessing. So if mm. someone goes, please, God, give me, please, universe, give me, my goal is, whatever it is, and they say, thank you. A prayer is not please, that's a petitioner big. A prayer is please and thank you. And however somebody puts that in their vernacular, do it. So if I say, please, universe, give me this, thank you. When you pray, ask, believing, you receive, and you receive. That means when you pray, ask, call, demand, claim, 
be alive in, believe, be alive in. Believing means to be alive in. Imagine from already having it. Imagine walk in it. So every request we've made of the universe with a thank you has been delivered. If we go, I didn't get it because we didn't see it. Now that blessing that's delivered on us is a burden because we didn't accept it. So everyone that's been heavily burdened, somebody struggling with lack, you just haven't picked a goal big enough for your great self yet. That's all. Pick a bigger goal and then say thank you. So if I say please universe and thank you, it's delivered. And then I walk by faith, not needing to see it. They go, well, now that I have it, now that I'm fulfilled, now that I'm happy, now that I'm healed, now that I have my twin flame, now that I, what's new and different, I walk new. And the minute I walk new, then the invisible turns into visible. The unseen turns into seen. So much gold there. The, uh, I want to go so many places. I know we have just a little bit of time here left, but you had mentioned a few times high agreements. And we started this kind of section about talking about codependency or satisfaction, fulfillment in life being outside of you instead of inside of you. So, you know, just as a recap for where we've been, you know, it's like talking about stronger language, talking about more specific language, avoiding or not avoiding, but choosing to seek a higher self instead of being dependent replacing, on other things. Replacing yeah, one replacing. with the other. Yeah. Yeah, love that. So, so what are some ways we talked about the language of mastery, the I can, I am, I choose, but my understanding of high agreements is that it is the, like, those are universal. You can feel the language of mastery, but a high agreement is specific for you and what you want to create in the world. Is that an accurate way of saying it? And then if that is, well, would let you, me would share. You, you, so sure. I'm going to show you what you're doing. So is that what you want to create in the world? So for me, I hear what you're delivering. Is that what you want to create? No. There is no want in it. There is zero want. What you're called on, would that be a stronger way of what, what you're... So whatever. So in other words, yes, close. I mean, not right or wrong. I'm just saying for me, it vibrates closer. Sure. So, so for me, um, if everybody can make a list of everything you desire, the word desire means of the father on the, of, the, of the stars, of sire, of, this, of, the, of our creator, another way to say it. So what I desire, this is quantum physics now, if I go, oh, I require a shovel, the shovel I require that I currently don't see or have in my hands is in my field, F-I-E-L-D, in my field of all possibilities. Also, phonetically, it's in my F-E-E-L-E-D, my feeling. So if I go, all right, I require a shovel, now I go, oh, the shovel's already reaching me. So if I go, I want my shovel, even if I get a shovel, I won't have it. I'll lose it. I'll break it or whatever. But if I go, thank you for my shovel. Now that I got my shovel, that's some, that's an activity of faith walking in already having my shovel so it can be delivered. So if everyone can write down all the things you don't have, every area of struggle, lack, limitation, those are the opposite of who we are. Our greatest weakness shall be our greatest strength. Scripture, let the weak man say, I am strong. That is the totality of the law of manifestation. Let the weak man join goals, Jim? No, maybe. But let the weak man start with, I am strong. You reverse the curse into what you choose. So the high agreements for each one of us are what our great self gives us now that we remember we are already our great self. 
And I love what you alluded to there. It's like, it's a clue. If you look at some things that are manifesting in your life that, that are not what you desire, not your highest choice. That is a, that is a clue that the opposite of that is, is your highest choice. So maybe that's another way of people having some homework yes. and exploring. So well, I'll give it to you real quickly. I'll give it to you this way. I was, I was, I used to be terrified, not, I was phobic to speak in public in high school, phobic. My tongue would glue to the roof of my mouth when I had my little four by six cards. I couldn't see them. I, everything would white out. Everybody would white out in the room. I could see some eyes. And I could hear my dad say, just start talking. You'll be fine. Just start talking. You'll be fine. So I'd, try, I'd go to start talking. And my tongue would be up at the roof of my mouth, down my throat. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't even make a sound. I tried it three times. People are going, boom. Their heads are going down on the table. I'm in fight or flight. They're in sympathy, sympathos, agreeing with imperfection. So if somebody would have said, this is the opposite of who you are. So what I found isn't a way to speak in public. There is no such thing as public. If ye are not one, ye are not mine. Quantum physics, scripture, same thing. So what I realize is I speak out loud into me until I get it. Then my world gets it. So our greatest weakness should be our greatest strength. To add one more thing to it, I was born tongue-tied. I, I was born with my tongue attached to the bottom of my mouth. They got cut free at my birth. I came to cut tongues free. Every single human being here came to take, go inside of the weakness and restore the solution of your strength to our world. Beautiful. Beautiful, my friend. I know we're coming up on time here, so I want to be respectful. Let's just kind of wrap up by giving people some places they can explore all the incredible things that you're up to. We already talked about conscious language multiple times. Seriously, I like I read so many books. Like honestly, like if I go back through the guests that I've been on, it's like go read Conscious Language, go read Expand by Shannon Graham. Those are some of like my 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 favorite ones. So highly recommend Conscious Language. I'm diving. Uh, I I went through my Word Made Flesh uh, recently, so that that one I'm still letting it sink in and and absorbing all that. So would, would highly recommend that as well. And I'm getting the new V2 coming to me today. But where else can people find about your work, Bob, and explore all this stuff we've been talking about? And you can just, I imagine you just send links, yes, to- our Yeah, that works. We can add it in the show so, notes, whatever works. We have, people can become coaches, facilitators of what we're doing. We've got it. It's, everything I've done uh, is systematically, step-by-step-by-step, by step by step, rememberable and shareable. Beautiful. So masterysystems.com if they wanted to yes. go check. Yep. Okay, masterysystems.com to go check that out. Um, and I just am going to have a really quick conversation with you listening right now. I just want to say, you could be listening to any other podcast right now, but you chose- you chose to be here right now with, with Bob and myself. So I'm so grateful for to have you here. And if you're a returning listener, you know how much I appreciate you. I say it every single week. I'm so grateful for you here. And if you are a new friend or an old friend, I have one favor to ask. And that is if something you've listened to today has touched you and, and you, you feel higher and greater as a result of listening to some of what we've been talking about. I would, this, this podcast can absolutely change someone's life. I have no doubt about it. So you have that power to share this with somebody. You can absolutely do that, but whether you choose to do that, I, I appreciate you so much for listening. And Bob, any final things you want to say before we wrap up today? You did a great job, my friend. Thank you. Thank you.